Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, we're back. Andrew. We're live. It's Ooh. happening. We're doing this again. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? Dude, today's one of those days. I just drank a, a mm-hmm. sip of coffee uh, as my... Mm. Um, that's what we need. We need a sponsorship from Wandering Bear. Um, not that they're ever oh. going to listen or sponsor this podcast, but... I would love free coffee from them because their coffee is amazing. And I say that drinking every type. Yes. Every type of iced coffee that's out there. I've had it all. Mm. You name it. I've gone Mm -hmm. through the grocery stores, the different grocery stores, (laughs) and grabbed everything they've had. None of it's good. Uh, Most of it is like cold brewed (laughs) stuff, and I'm not a huge fan of cold brew. Uh, Mm. I just want iced coffee. Uh, But this stuff, this stuff is cold brew, but it doesn't taste like cold brew. It's pretty good. Uh, but I right. just, I must be ex- really, really tired. I don't know why, but I must be because when I, when I took a sip of that coffee, I just like yeah. felt it like go through my body and like wake yes. me up a little bit. <laughs> just like, oh, okay, Josh, when you have, when you have kids, two little kids, that is every morning when you take your first good sip of coffee, it's like a jolt through your body and you're just like, ah, oh, that's what I needed. <laughs> like, that's why um, I love coffee. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I yeah, think it's I'm not, I'm not sleeping well. I don't realize I'm not sleeping well, but I must not be. Right, right I should right, put like right. a camera in my bedroom or something and like watch my sleep and see if I like move around a lot. <laughs> then it's probably gonna be like, <laughs> what was that paranormal effect or whatever that movie was? Um, Activity. Like filming himself sleep uh, and there's gonna be like weird crap like that going on in my room, and then I'll have to move out because I'm just freaking out. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, or like my dog is like biting me or like peeing on me or something while I'm sleeping. Yeah. I don't even know you'll, it. Jack will just uh, be like biting at your earlobe all night and you'll yeah. be like, oh, that's why I'm not sleeping well. Is my turn to talk. That's why my ear is bleeding when I get uh, up in the morning. <laughs> I Dude, I was in a, a meeting. Ear in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in a meeting yesterday uh, talking to some people and I picked up Jack and, you know, showing him off on the camera or whatever. And he's saying hi to people. Uh, and he right. peed on me. <laughs> <laughs> like I went to put no him way. down and I was like, dude, you smell like urine. And I put him down and I was a freaking peace spot on my chest. <laughs> dude, where it was your mic on? You like could dog. people hear what was happening to you while you were peed on? Yeah, I told him. Like I showed him. I was like, my freaking dog just peed on me. I'll be right back. <laughs> ah, that is so funny. Oh man. I don't know oh, if God. I ever told you this, but I was doing the like, you know. I've been mainly work from home for like nine years now. The whole time I've worked for the ministry I work for, it's been work from home. Anyway, um, one time I was working at my in-laws house and this was like when we were moving back from Pennsylvania and like I had this tiny, tiny desk in the spare room that was filled with mainly our stuff. And, uh, and I was using a really small, just hard wooden chair as my desk chair. Um, and dude, I, uh, literally while I was talking on zoom, it was just me and one other guy, this chair collapsed and like fell. Like I went from just talking to, to straight up on the ground in like <laughs> one second, you know? And, uh, it was the funniest funny. thing. Cause it was like a getting to know you conversation <laughs> with this new guy. <laughs> and here I am collapsing in my zoom chair. But I had my I had plug in headphones to the computer and they stayed oh, they stayed plug in plugged in the whole oh, time. So he heard my live reaction like hitting the floor, falling on my side. Oh, I'm like, hey, like oh, I'm shit. starting a diet. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Something very non uh non you know business esque uh, uh came out of my mouth. But yeah, man. Uh, it's crazy. At least you crazy. have that shared I've experience. Never, you know, I've never been every peed time on by him, my dog. Like, how's your chair? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, dude. How's your chair going? You all right? Uh, yeah, good times. Good times working uh, from dude, home. Good chair. Good chair changes your life. It like, does. It does. You need a good chair if you're working at a desk. You know, nine to which five, I now have a good chair. But that was that was in the in between. You know, before I had actually yeah. set up my my home office and my because we didn't have this home. You know, so I was just like making it work yeah. for a while. And uh, but yeah, man, when you're working on a crappy wooden chair or just really uncomfortable one, it stinks. And I'm trying to use my stand. Well, I didn't desk realize more. like how in yeah 
like Go I ahead. don't know what brand this is, but it's one of those stupid expensive chairs. Yeah, uh, and I didn't realize like how much it does for you because I've just always used it uh, right. until like you talk to friends that are just like miserable uh, in their <laughs> chairs, and then you're like, oh. I guess yeah. I guess I have really good chairs. It doesn't even. It's like I'm sitting on a cloud all day with support. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. ugly. It's an ugly chair. Like if you know it wasn't works, I wouldn't have it. But uh, right, 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 right. It's uh, it's definitely nice. You don't realize how yeah, nice dude. it is. Totally. But dude, yeah. If you haven't heard yet, because uh, you haven't mm-hmm. been listening to our podcast, or you haven't been right. in conversation with us, where we just slip it in. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a partnership with Dwell. Uh, yes, Dwell do. is a uh, Bible app that lives on your phone. It's an audio Bible app read by passionate people um, reading scripture that actually really care about it. Um, so, you know, no more of those monotone voices um, or even your own voice if you're reading it. Um, you actually get individuals mm-hmm. that are passionate about reading the scriptures that they're reading. Um, great tool of foster relationship gets you started in the morning. Uh, maybe, you know, when you jump in the shower. You know, instead of taking a paper Bible in there with you, because that, that always ends poorly, uh, right. you can actually just play dwell from your phone or from a speaker um, and just listen to uh, whatever God has desired to tell you that day and let that be a jumping off point uh, for your continued conversation with God through prayer. Uh, but you can check out dwell at thisjesuslifepodcast.com forward slash dwell. Uh, and that's a great place to get started with foster relationship oh, yeah. with Jesus if you're not doing it on a regular basis now. Oh, yes. Andrew, dude, what are we doing? Yeah. I think we only have four well, of these left. I can't believe it. That's kind of crazy. I feel like yesterday we said, um, okay, I don't feel like yesterday, but I don't feel like it's been that long ago that we're like, let's do this relationship conversations piece. And uh Yeah, so this is number seven in our conversations series, where basically the goal is for us to model um, this this set of conversations of like how to build deep relationship together. Um, We believe that that Christians, as followers of Christ, who are in relationship with God, we should be experts at relationship. We also believe most of us suck at this um, and or we're too busy to build deep relationships. We're scared of the trust it takes to build deep relationships, all of that. So Josh and I are doing our best to model this and uh, heads up, we're breaking one of the most important rules in this, uh, which these discussions are supposed to be really kind of confidential between you and one or two other people. Like, this is supposed to be done within trust uh, and, and between just the people having that conversation. We're obviously recording a podcast with it. So with that, you know, we we probably trim down our level, level of vulnerability just a little bit to make sure that we are honoring people who haven't given consent for us to share stories or certain things um, that Josh and I would share if we were just truly talking to one another in this Um we're, we're doing it to model it. So um, the goal is to build better relationships with people and also take these same skills and apply them to your relationship with God, especially through prayer and, and how you think about God, how you see God, um, all of that. We've been last couple weeks, we've really been nailing into like everything from family of origin to to how you view God currently and how you view God in the past. This week, we dig a lot more into trust, um, which is a big deal uh, in relationship. You got to have trust in people and trust in God if you're going to have relationship with God and relationship with people. But it's not easy because trust can be broken. So anyway, um, Josh, that's hopefully a good setup of where we're going with conversation number seven. And, um, man, if we can just dive in, I question for you is, uh, can you think of an experience or two that affected how you trusted others? Um, most definitely. Um, I'm one of those, I was one of those kids that like kept track of these things in my head. Uh, It's funny. I have a, I have a nephew now that anyway, that my nephew's been wronged. Uh, he, he remembers it. Uh, so when he gets in trouble, um, his parents send him to his room. He just yells from his bedroom all the ways that he, they've wronged him. 
uh, which oh, I find no. absolutely hilarious. Uh, oh, they probably parents. don't find them hilarious. Oh, they man, bet they that hate is that. a good day. Ouch. Yeah, there's definitely a moment where you're like, man, I hope he gets in trouble today. Because um, <laughs> I want to hear what his parents have been up to. <laughs> Oh, and it's like man. stupid things. It's like, Dad, when we went to Seven Eleven, you said shit. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's so funny. Oh uh, man, I just told some of that story recently. I need to bring it up with my brother again. <clears throat> he's 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 missed it for the last nine months since he's been deployed. He's about to get back, right, right, right. Month, but um, nice. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good. So, but I had similar traits as a child. I didn't like use it in that way, but I definitely used it to play victim in some ways when it came to relationship hmm. um, so like <clears throat> experiences of like moving away from friends those types of things are definitely there experience where like someone breaks your trust even when you're a child like it reaffirms or, or starts to affirm negative yeah. feelings towards relationship so like uh i think i told this on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, but i had a buddy uh when i was like in sixth or seventh grade something like that that i shared with the girl that I liked, then he went around and told everybody um, that yeah. kind of thing. We were like, mm, turd bag, kids being turd bags. Um, yep. Yep. But then there's like bigger things that happen um, that are a little bit harder to share on a podcast because, you know, it involves yeah. people that um, probably listen to the podcast um, or, you know, you don't want to share their dirty laundry out there anyways. Not these aren't right. family members who just close friends throughout the years um, and things that have happened that, that either reaffirm false beliefs you already had where people aren't trustworthy. People are always going to harm you. You're not safe. Um, those kind of things, or they're going to start to question, um, good thoughts you've, you've had of, you know, relationship matters, um, relationships hard, but it, it, you know, is good for you. You need these things. You need to be fully known by people. Um, and then you start to question, well, this happened. Can I go through this again? Um, is it worth it? Those kind of things. But yeah, there's definitely experiences. I'm trying to think of something that I could share that wouldn't. Right. Do you have a funny one from when you were a kid that is is less serious? That's funny now, <laughs> or or not so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it relates to this, but it was funny. Uh, so okay. I had a buddy when I was little. So like this is first grade, maybe. Um, this is before my parents divorced, I think. Um, so I was, I was young, um, but I had a friend across the street, um, that lived with his, uh, grandparents, uh, we were like hanging out, playing around or whatever. We had another friend, um, that, uh, 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 we'd hang out with from time to time and play whatever. And somehow we got crossways with each other and, you know, the, the famous line of get off my property, um, was going around. Um, well, his dad heard this argument and like came at us, uh, yeah. and we're like being smart ass children. So we talk back and, you know, um, defend ourselves and then, you know, try to piss the dad off as well. Well, we pissed them off enough that he started chasing us. Uh, and I was like, oh, no. and I was like, just getting away, freaking drilled me in the ass with his boot. Oh no! Uh, which is funny now, but you're like, dude, what was going on in the '90s? It's okay to kick a child. That's totally, totally, dude. The '90s. I was chased by an adult a few times, and like, it's things were different then, man. Yeah, yeah, they were, dude. I I ran across the street once, and like, and like, we were on a pretty quiet street, so like, the car couldn't have been going fast. Looking back at it, uh, but like, the car felt like I cut him off and like ran in front of him kind of thing dude he got out of his car and like chased me down and like scolded me for like 10 minutes and you're like where the hell oh my gosh right now somebody (laughs) oh man one time me and my friend eric were walking at the bottom of the neighborhood we lived in and uh and we had like there was this paintball that we had played paintball down by the woods and like you, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you know this because you used to do paintball, but if they get wet, they like swell up and they're like tiny water balloons with paint still in them, basically. Um, anyway, Eric and I both had a couple of those in our hands and, <laughs> and there's this car that comes flying down the road we're walking up, which like we're not far from my house, like 
just to our left, if you turn, there's a ravine that runs straight up kind of between the houses to, to behind my parents' house. And uh, mm. I tell Eric right at the last minute, like right as I toss a paintball, I was like, I'm going to throw a paint. I'm going to get this car. And uh, <laughs> so I toss it behind us or like behind my back thinking I'm playing it mm. real cool and like that he's going to have no way of knowing it was from us because <laughs> I was being dumb as a kid. And it splatters right on the dude's windshield. And, uh, oh, God. and man, he slams on his brakes, jumps out of the car, uh, like throws the car in park, jumps out and, and Eric's like in his state of shock. And I'm like, run. And I start sprinting up the ravine and Eric does too. But, but he was a little bit slower than I was. Cause he didn't have that head start. And the guy like, Catches him, grabs him by the shoulder and is like yelling at him. And meanwhile, I stop like 30 feet away and I'm like, should I go back? Should I keep running? So I eventually like work up the courage and go back up. And the guy's yelling like, did you throw something at my car? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's paint on my car. I'm like, I don't know, maybe. (laughs) And then like, he was ticked, man. It was a scary experience. But yeah, I'm like. What was happening? Like, yeah, we deserved it for sure. He didn't hurt us or anything, but he yelled at us. He's like, I could have had a kid in the car. And I'm like, the road was flat and straight. He's like, still. And then, uh, I don't know, man, it was, it was dumb. But one of those moments of like, I could have left Eric up, left him to try, but I, I made my, I worked up some courage and came back, you know, could have been a total trust breaking thing, uh, from my end. Um, but it was just a dumb kid thing. So anyway, man, something going on in the nineties, things were different. That's for sure. That's for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. The things that people used to be able to get away with mind boggling makes you wonder like, mm-hmm. what are the real, cause like makes you wonder like, what are all the real crazy stories that are out there that like, they could be filmed. Like that's probably a benefit of social media of like, everything's recorded now. Um, yeah. You know, there's plenty of bad things about social media, but like this may be one of them. Um, that's a good thing. Uh, but yeah, that's <clears throat> the '90s, man. There were a lot. The crazy. I was just having this conversation this weekend. Like the '90s clothing style was the worst clothing style ever existed, and I genuinely <laughs> thought as we were going back through the '80s clothing and like right. all the weird stuff was coming back. I really thought they were going to skip the nineties and the two thousands and they're not yeah. like the nineties are back in hip. It's the it's baggy t-shirts back, and mom jeans are still around. You're like, this is crazy. It's so weird, it's uh, so weird man. You would think it's we cool like again. figure out another style to fit in there in the cycle that, that happens, but nope. Dude, American not. Eagle just, cargo just, shorts everything. are about to make a huge comeback. You know, that was uh that was a big <laughs> deal for a while. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be polo shirts yeah. with an under yep. colored undershirt underneath it rolling yes. up the sleeves. Yeah, like, that's gonna be the next look. <laughs> Popping both collars. Oh man. Yeah, uh, both collars. It's, oh, I forgot about both collars. Dude, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna happen, man. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Were you ever a both collar guy? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. But I did. I was close to it. You know, I was like almost there. And then I was like, no, I'll just go one, one collar pop and one, you know, single. I don't know polo. if I ever popped but, my collar. Oh, man. So weird. So I, weird did the, I did the rolled up sleeve thing. So you had like a colored undershirt underneath your. I did do that. I wore a lot of Nautica clothing. Like, mm-hmm. what would it have been? Probably my junior. No, I was probably younger than that. No, it had to have been then because I was driving. I'd drive up to the Nautica Outlet Mall and buy anything I didn't have. Uh, and by buy things, I mean use my mom's credit card to buy things I didn't have. Um, uh, that's funny. Yeah, I can't remember. That's funny. It must have been like junior and senior year of high school. I went through a phase my sophomore year of high school where it was like straight Adidas and like white jean shorts. Um, nice. Like that was white jean that was shorts. The that, was the crew. Ah. that was the crew I was hanging out with. Slicked back that's hair. funny. Like yes, shave sides yes. your head, a little mushroom top that was completely slicked back. Yep, that was mm-hmm. me. I was, I was a <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> I want to be douchebag. Uh, 
<laughs> All right, dude. Serious question. Do you think your fashion choices affected how you trust people? Because when I'm hearing you, hearing probably. you say I was it probably back. scolded about it. You're just like, you are the worst dressed person I've ever seen. And you're like, what? Leave me alone. That's this so is what funny. cool kids wear. Oh, man. I will say, oh, okay. Serious was... though. Like it. So this is a hard question to do on a podcast. Um, for sure. And there's a few things I'd tell you, Josh, if it was just us, because you're uh, one of the one of the people that that I am the real me with as much as possible, like real trust exists there. And actually, we we kind of formed a lot of that trust through just starting doing accountability together. And I feel like we maybe should get back to that. I know we're both crazy busy. And that's, uh, that's, that's why uh, we kind of just stepped away from it. But anyway, man, all that to say, uh, I do remember growing up, my, my brother is eight years older than me. So I had the benefit of watching him like go through high school while I was a lot younger and get in trouble for doing things that high schoolers do and watched him kind of get uh, caught and, and like get in trouble from my parents. So I think I learned how to be a lot sneakier of like, not necessarily affecting how I trust people, just like I'm not going to get caught in the way he did. You know, I'm going to try to be sneakier about it. So I don't know. I think that probably has affected how I trust others, just even from that younger age of like 11, 12, watching, watching my older brother get in lots of trouble and be like, well, I'm going to avoid that mistake of getting caught. Not I'm going to avoid those mistakes. Yeah. Just, well, I should be sneakier than that. So Anyway, man, that's yeah. that's one thing that came to mind. Well, I think too, probably, like, yeah, um, and this is probably true for a lot of people. It, it was true for me, like, um, when when the safety of your home. So my parents divorced. I shared this on the podcast when I was in first grade. Sure, um, like you don't realize the effects that it has on you in the moment. Yeah, um, and kids are resilient, but uh, at the same time, like your your safety net or your security, and you know you and I be both being eights, you security matters to yeah. us. We don't want to be harmed. Mm-hmm. Um, like that just implodes on itself. <clears throat> um, because like what was supposed to always be secure was, was now taken apart. Um, and, and the effects that it has on you, I, I think it starts to teach you to do life on your own. Like it's just, yeah. Um, so you yeah. like learn all those coping skills that, that yep. um, like you engage with people. Yeah. You're a part of the family, but at the same time, like it's different. Like you're not, mm. you're not fully engaged like you could be. And it, it, it shapes your worldview. It, it shapes your, you know, your family origin speaks so much into your identity. Um, yeah. You don't even realize it's abnormal until that family of origin starts to get poked at. Right. That you're like, right. Oh, there's different kinds of family. Like even to the point where like, um, I remember having a buddy in like middle school where he used to live in South Dakota and, and his family was pretty tight. And he would like, tell me stories about like, they were like relatively intimate things about their, about like how their, their family and engaged with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought it was the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I was like, what the yeah. hell is wrong with your family? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like something stupid. Like he was taking a shower and right. his like dad came and took a piss or something. And you're like, right. what? That's so gross and weird. How could you ever um, do that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Things like that were like, just, it was mind blowing to me that this type of thing, but it's not abnormal. Like, right. Like it is right. what it is. Um, right. You know, if dad got in the shower with you in seventh grade, yeah, then we have yeah, real that's, issues. That's, like, that's not something. good. Don't, that's not a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> but like, yeah, there's, it was the intimacy things that you're like, whoa, that's, that's crazy strange that, that that's happening. But like, that's those, those normals, what family intimacy yeah. looks like. Yeah. Um, and there was that piece of it that like just blew my mind because I didn't realize it was a thing um, even till later. Like I remember thinking about um, that, that situation and you'd be like, oh, holy crap. I was in the wrong on that one. Like I thought like mm-hmm. that was crazy. It's more crazy that like we don't talk about real things or whatever. There's, you don't get that type of support like you would have uh, if you were more engaged, which probably makes you become much more difficult of a child to, to lead. I don't know yeah. how you respond to that either, Siri, but that's offensive. <laughs> you tell me that right after I share a story like that. Just so you know, oh, guest sorry, hosted, you didn't hear that this Jesus Life Siri guest just, hosted by uh, Siri today. Yeah, uh, Siri, uh, Apple Siri decided to go ahead and be a part of this. So, yeah. yeah. I don't understand that. I don't understand that either, Siri. Chill out. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, there's man. that piece that we don't even realize like how, how separated we become even right. when we're inside, like, you know, my, both my parents remarried pretty quick. I had siblings all around me. Um, but even in the midst of that, you don't realize like how guarded you've become. You've created like this mm-hmm. mini little bubble um, inside of this bigger bubble. Um, and then you kind of function from that and you try to play the game. So nobody pokes your bubble. Right. Right. Like at right. Least that's how I played it. Um, yep. like, I'm going to do enough that you don't touch my bubble. Um, and I yeah. can still feel safe inside my bubble because I'm protecting my bubble now. Like I'm not yeah. allowing other people yeah. to help me protect my bubble. Um, and you know, you end up in these pretty, I wouldn't say there, I, I never felt like I was ever in a dark place, but you're just, and I wouldn't even say I felt lonely at times. I think I convinced myself that it's normal. So that's not lonely. Um, yeah. But like you're definitely separated and, and you feel the separation. Um, maybe not at the moment, but after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so the next, the next question where is, is just this, it's, uh, is there anyone in your life that you trust with the real you? What makes you feel safe? Um, and man, like, thank you. I got a piece of cookie from my, my daughter, two Two pieces. Thank you so much. Um, Man, the the thing is, like, if you don't trust people or or some people with the real you, like, I, I don't know. We talk about like we've said this Jesus life is is a team sport. You know, we've talked about it in that way. Like, you're not meant to go through life alone. You know, even back into Genesis one or two, where God made Adam, He's like, yeah, He saw it wasn't good for man to be alone, you know? So he made Eve to be, um, to do this life alongside Adam, you know, with Adam. Um, so basically that to say, like, it is even from the earliest part of the Bible supported, like you're not supposed to try to do this thing alone. Um, and man, when you, when you do try, you can probably succeed for a while, but, but you're not going to be able to live this life as fully as you could, um, if you were doing it alongside people and one scripture that's, that's kind of supporting in this, um, that you've probably heard through at like weddings and stuff, but it's Ecclesiastes four, nine through 12, two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has no, has no other to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Um, With that third cord being God of like two people and God, that's a mighty strong cord, you know? Um, But yeah, man, like I'm getting a little rambly because I'm a little distracted by my daughter coming in with her snack and playing with tape. Um, but I'll just say like, we really do need to do life together. And, uh, for me, like I I don't, I'm not quick to trust and open up most fully to a ton of people. I'm trying to be vulnerable with many. And this podcast has been one thing in my life of like, I'm going to try to be more vulnerable with people, whether I know them well or not. But the 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 real me the the full me um i would say is trusted most fully by like my wife by you and a couple other close friends uh like closest friends not not by everybody you know um <clears throat> and some of that is I'm, I'm probably a lot more guarded based on some of those like the way i grew up and and my personality type and all of that i'm more guarded uh, but it's something I know about myself and I've learned about myself is like, I got to find ways to be vulnerable and to build real trust with people and to not even just build real trust. Cause I'm somebody who's like, people are quick to confide in me. Um, I'm not quick to, to open up and trust others deeply um, in my life. So I got to work against my own kind of grain against my natural way of being to do that. So yeah, man. Any yeah. any thoughts to add to that? No, that's great. And and we'll cover this topic in a little more detail next week. But one of the questions for next week that kind of speaks to what you were saying, um, I think. 
Maybe it's not next week. Maybe it's a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, it's in two weeks. Uh, it's harder for you to receive love than to give love. Yeah. Um, and like, I highly relate to that in relationship. Like people yep. share a lot more with me um, throughout my life than I shared with them. Um, and you get really good at, um, I, I, this is a, this is a trick of the trade, but like and people do this and realize and people do this and don't realize it. But like authenticity matters and people value authenticity. They want to know the real you. Big so time. you learn tricks to share things that don't feel vulnerable to you, but are going to feel like they're vulnerable to them. Um, so now you feel like you're on a level, but in all reality, you're not being the authentic you. You're just playing a game yep. Um, yep. that got created. And I know a lot of people in my life that, that do this. And, you know, you sit down and you really think about it. And you're like, how well do I know so-and-so? And you're like, man, I, I actually don't know them at all. And I've known them forever. Um, mm-hmm. like we're talking people you've known for a decade. And you're like, I, mm-hmm. I actually don't really know the real them. Um, mm-hmm. If I really like put my, my, my finger on something, like I know things about them. I know their story. I, I know them well, but I wouldn't say I know the real them. Um, mainly right. because like you'll hear other stories about them and you're like, whoa, right. wait, what? Okay. I didn't know How that was that going happened? on or yeah. I know that yeah. was a problem or whatever. Uh, and you're shocked by it. But um, I think we all do that to some extent, like, especially in Christian circles, because we know vulnerability matters and authentic, 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 whatever, being authentic uh, in relationship matters because you hear it preached. But I, I think we learn to play the game so I can stay you know, separated to protect myself um, yeah. oftentimes. And what ends up happening when we find ourselves in those places is like, yeah, we can, we can get away with it for a long time and, and probably even a lifetime you could get away with it, but it's, it's really exhausting. Like it's, it's tiring to live in that place. Um, it takes a lot out of you to live in that place. Um, you're trying to manage so many things and probably anxiety plays, plays a big role in that as well. You're terrified that people are going to find out the real, you know, who the real you is or what you thought about, you know, that situation or how you actually wanted to react, but you just walked away instead or whatever that last 10% is of you, um, that you're just holding back from people and, and not being the true you with people like that's, that's an exhausting life. And like Andrew said too, like you, you miss out on that full life that Jesus promised you, right? Like yeah. that full life that Jesus said, you know, in John 10, 10, he says, the, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and give it to the full, um, that full life that Jesus or other versions say the abundant life, like that's not physical things. Um, to some extent it's experience, but it's rooted in relationship. Like we find the full life when, when we foster relationship with Jesus and we foster relationship with people and we're authentic in both of those places, right? Like if we don't dig into the hard things about our life and talk about those things with Jesus um, and talk about those things with our friends, um, like we just internalize those things. And now that creates just another barrier that I have to now overcome to get to a greater maturity in my relationship with Jesus. And when I say maturity, I'm not saying like more information knowledge. You're like, you know, the Bible inside right. and out. So you're right. super mature. That's, that's not what maturity is in, in our relationship with Jesus. Maturity is becoming, you know, more and more of the fruits of the spirit in your life and allowing those to start to ooze out of you um, because you've just dealt with the crap of your childhood. You've dealt with the crap of things that have happened to you that you've done, um, the sin that you've, you've uh, struggled with throughout your life um, and the devastating effects that sin has had on you and others around you. Like when you start to deal with that stuff and, and the fruit starts to come out, like that's where that that full life lives. And then we get to have these new experience with people because we're the authentic self, no matter where we go, we're not, we're not missing out on anything. We don't feel like, um, um, uh, we're holding anything back now. Like being the full authentic self doesn't mean, you know, you go into every environment and share, um, all right. your secrets. And it's even like you right. know, on this podcast, like there's definitely things about our lives that we're not talking about because this is a public forum. And, um, in and all honesty, like it's easier to share more intimate things in public forums than it is to share face to face. Right. Hmm. This is where a lot of pastors get themselves in trouble, um, that they hmm. share all these things from a pulpit that nobody else really knows about. And I'm like, Whoa, that was, I, felt so connected because we're using it as a, a, a tool for for either manipulation or a tool for mm. um, getting people to move in the direction we need them to move um, either right. way there's probably some form of manipulation at play here um, but right. like it's those pieces and then you know their life implodes because no one was actually near them um, it was just crowds of people that they 
felt close to you, but in all reality, no one was around them to see the real them. And then you end up these weird cycles and you pride takes over and you feel like you deserve something you don't deserve. And, you know, uh, start singing against your wife or against the church or whatever else. Right. You know, that could happen in almost any situation. I just use pastors because it's, you know, it's my background and what I know. But um, like, I think there's just this big piece of like, you're missing out on so much growth that you can have as a person if you're not choosing to be authentic with God and with the people around you. Like you're gonna stay stuck. And we know these stuck people, right? Like we we've met the guys in their sixties in their fifties and sixties and seventies that like you're not sure who their friends actually are. They spend a lot of time right. with their sons. Um, you know, that's the people they communicate with the most because that's where they feel safe. But at the same right. time, like the the that cycle in your in the back of your mind of like what's my legacy i'm leaving behind and they get these you know midlife crisis because they're just not a legacy that's been created because they just never chose to fully be them with the Mm. people around them and that full life comes from relationship like that's where it lives it's my investment in people it's god's investment in me um it's my choosing to foster relationship in in both those spheres um getting over my own junk um, and talking those out with god and with friends um and like in the midst of that is where we start to find the maturity and the full life and now i have an opportunity to help others experience the same thing Um, yeah you know so often we look at these old guys and gals um, that have been living, you know, this Jesus life for a long time, or I should say living a Christian life for a long time. And yet they, they don't look any different than they did when they yeah. gave their life to Jesus. And you're like, man, you've missed out on so much opportunity, not just for what the kingdom work could be done. Sure. You're missing out on that too, of like the investment in people, but like your life could have been so much easier to handle. I'm not saying circumstance wise, there's circumstances or circumstances, but how you engage and respond to those circumstances could right. have made your life so much easier um, if you just chose to foster relationship with Jesus so he could take you through that maturity process or what we call sanctification um, to make you more like him. Like you could have handled that loss in a much yeah. different way that it didn't debilitate you um, because you knew your identity wasn't uh, stuck there, that you knew that um, God was going to walk you in the midst of it. Like there's all those things that we learn as we mature with Jesus, a relationship um, that give us tools to, to, to get through difficult things. I think we often missed them, but that's enough right. of a rant. I think Andrew's back. Uh, yeah. I can hear him yeah. saying, I'm here. Yeah, I'm right. here. And man, let me just say, like, I think God designed us to be in relationship with one another and, and with him, with him first and foremost. And then with one another, like if we're being honest, he made one person per the Bible, Adam, to be in relationship with him, God in the garden. And then, you know, gave him a companion as well. And uh, anyway, like, man, chicken analogy. If my chickens get out and which they do sometimes, or I let them out and then have to put them back in. Like if, if I'm walking up, I have 13 chickens. If they are all in one place and I'm walking up to them trying to catch one, it is way harder to grab one chicken when they're all running around like crazy because you can't corral them. Uh, you can't get them into the the tight spot where it's way easier to get them, like up against a fence where it's like you can only go two directions, you know. Um, but man, when they're in a group and they're they're working together, they're usually following the smartest chicken or the most paranoid chicken, and and you can't catch them, you know. But um, yeah. but if you get one alone, it's actually pretty easy to, to pick them off, you know? And, uh, and I know that we're not chickens, but, um, but I, like, I, I think that we have a very real enemy, you know, the Bible talks about, um, Satan as being a, a roaring lion prowling around looking for a soul to devour. And, uh, and it doesn't say a group of souls that in tightly knit community, it's like, no, looking for, for one to pick off at a time because that's how it works. Yeah. It's like, let me isolate you. Let me get you feeling the most alone when you're in a group because uh, you don't have real relationship yeah. or trust with anybody. And then I'm going to mess with you. And then I'm going to make you feel more alone and, and push you further from from the open arms of God or do everything that that the enemy can, you know? Um, so yeah. like we're, we're not meant to do this life alone. Uh, and we're not meant to, to do a relationship with God alone. Um, in my opinion. And I think with yeah. a lot of good reason. So 
yeah, man, don't be, don't be the chicken that gets picked off alone. Like that's why I try to force myself to be more vulnerable with, uh, with people and like extend like, Hey, I know you could, you know, like there is a, there's discernment, right? Like you and I have a level of vulnerability and and my wife and I have a level of vulnerability and and me and a couple other people do, but um, that's different than what I'm going to extend to everybody. And that's, I think, fine and and discerning um, rather than just like, I'm going to tell everybody everything. But at the same time, if you're like, I'm going to tell everybody nothing (laughs) then then like that's isolating and that's a choice like so so i my default is to to stay pretty uh quiet about things but uh i i need to constantly choose to be vulnerable um and it's only good for me you know and it, it takes the courage of like okay like you could misquote me you could take that out of context you could use that wrong but um, but I'm going to choose to be vulnerable, even if it um, feels scary or feels like a stretch in the moment. It's uh, it's just better. Mm-hmm. It's a better way to live, man. Better way mm-hmm. to live. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to manipulate this next one uh, a little okay. bit for the sake of time. But um, I, I think too, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like the goal, the goal shouldn't be to find your your trusted people um, and keep just those trusted people. The goal should be always trying to expand your circle of trusted people. Um, Yeah. So like you could, you know, we can sit there and say, well, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so that's my, that's my inner circle. Those are, those are the people I'm fully myself with. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. We're glad, we're glad you're there. Uh, Most people aren't. Um, But like, don't let that, those three be the, it. like you should always be looking to build deeper relationship with the people around you. um, So that circle continues to grow bigger and bigger. Um, and like you'll recycle it at times like that, that happens as well, but like, um, and it could get so big, but like you just want to be the authentic you every environment you're in. So things don't surprise people. Um, yeah. Like yeah. you don't want to be the, the guy goal. when you murder somebody, yeah. the whole neighborhood's like, Oh, he was such a nice guy. Um, well, I can't <laughs> believe he did this. They should be like, no, we knew the real him. He right. was definitely going to kill John down the block at some point. Um, right. Like that, I, that's a silly example, but like, that's an example. So here, here's the next question. And, um, Andrew and I both have trusted people, so we don't need to get into that piece. Um, but, uh, essentially like with the trusted people in your life, Andrew, um, what makes you feel safe with them? I think that's a bigger, bigger question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, I guess you and I have talked about this. You actually used to say this a lot in youth ministry and we've talked about it a lot of times in the podcast, but the first filter is like, do they love Jesus and love you? You know, do they love God and love you? Like, are they, are they people who are trying to, to, to live this Jesus life fully? Like that's a place to start for me. Um, cause that, that puts us on level ground in a lot of, a lot of ways, you know? Um, secondly, some time together and like intentionality around time together. Like I'm not gonna, not gonna make a brand new friend tomorrow and be bearing my soul deeply to them tomorrow might be vulnerable and consistent with who I am to them, but not, uh, not, hey, you're now my most trusted person in my life that I've known for two hours. Like, no, that's that's not wise. So some time together to actually build relationship and friendship uh, and, and trust. Um, try to live in a way where I'm extending trust as a given, but that, that trust goes deeper and deeper over time uh, of like, no, I really know you, you know, like you were talking about of, not just I've I've been around you a ton of times, so I consider you to be my best friend. It's like, no, I really trust you based on experiences and knowing who you are and uh and you're a person that that I want to speak into my life. So I deeply trust you, you know? Um, so yeah, man, like level footing of like, are they trying to follow God too? That's a good starting place. And then from there, giving it time and and intentionality of like building depth of relationship together. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's too general or if it helps, but like, that's, that's probably how I look at it. Um, and, and back to your earlier point of being consistent person across the board, like, man, I think that's, that's key 
is like be who you are with everybody. Don't don't try to don't try to put on a face to please. And like I don't know when, especially when you're younger. I think there's just like a temptation to be all things to all people in the wrong way of like, no, I just want to blend in everywhere I am rather than like, I'm just going to be who I am no matter what setting or group of people I'm, I'm with, you know, and I'm going to be okay with who God made me to be. Um, There's just a level of calm and and confidence that comes from that. Um, That's, that's way better. Cause then you're not trying to, you're not trying to play games. You're just like, no, I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm Andrew here. I'm Andrew there. I'm always, always Andrew. You know, I'm not trying to be well, somebody think, else. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it com- it comes from your identity, right? Like your ability to right. be the real you in those places is being comfortable with your true identity and what you allow to define who you are. Um, and this is where like a foster relationship with Jesus becomes so important is like you have to let him be the one to define your identity. And I can throw out all the buzzwords of like things that God has said about you, that you're dearly loved, that um, there's no shame in relationship with him. Like those are all, those are all true statements, but like, I think the church talks about them so often that we just ignore them now, or we, we've yeah. tried to test them with God and they're just, they come back untrue because we're trying to test them with God. Um, like as we foster a relationship with Jesus and get really get comfortable with who we are, knowing that God fully knows us, that we practice vulnerability in conversation with Jesus. Like, you know, I know we've said this on the podcast before, but if it doesn't feel like you're exposing yourself with Jesus when you're talking to him, you're not doing it right. Um, push yeah. harder. Um, like, and, and when you get to those places, you get more comfortable with the good and the bad of who you are. Um, the thing, the bad, you you know, you know Jesus working on and will work on someday that it doesn't define um, how he interacts with me. It doesn't change. Um, I, I think so often, and we've talked about this in previous weeks, so often we allow our behavior to dictate how we think God views us. So, you know, we talked last week, I think, was, you know, more good, less bad things makes good Christian. Uh and that's just not true. Like God loves you no matter what. Um, that's not going to change um, how he engages with you. Even if you're in the midst of deep, dark sin, that's destructive to not just you, but to those around you, like God's still going to engage you in that place. Like he went to the pits of hell, um, you know, for, for our salvation. Like that's, that's the beauty of what he's done. And we get to live inside of that. Yeah. Um, but for me, like this question, the things that make me feel safe, it's security, Um, so like, do I feel safe to share things in this that I I know aren't going to be broadcast everywhere? It's loyalty that, um, um, no matter what throws at our relationship, you're choosing to engage the relationship either way. Even if I harm you greatly, like you continue to choose to, to engage the relationship. Um, when conflict shows up that you're willing to engage it, like share with me how the ways that I've hurt you. Like, I didn't mean to hurt you. If I care about you, it wasn't my intention to hurt you. Um, so tell me, and and I'm more than happy to apologize for it and try to make it right. Um, like those those things matter to me. Um, that right. you can share life and you can reciprocate those same things. So like, um, if I'm sharing vulnerability, I, I want you to be vulnerable as well. Um, that makes me feel safe. Um, and not the matter of like we're both exposed. Like I have friends that don't that aren't vulnerable at all. Um, they'll share just enough for it to be a relationship, but that that's it. Um, and I'm choosing to be more vulnerable with them because someone's got to model it for us to get there. Right. Um, not because I do it perfect every single time, but we got to start somewhere. Um, but when we get to a place where we've been friends for a long time and it's not modeled back, like something starts to happen to your relationship and you start to pull back from that because it starts to feel less safe. You don't know what's going on. Um, or when you do have conflict with somebody uh, and you're not hearing it from that person, you're hearing it from somebody else. Like that's a huge loyalty issue for me. Um, like yeah. it takes a lot for me to keep engaging the relationship and I have yeah. to keep reminding myself this relationship matters. It matters to me. I don't want to lose it. So I'm going to keep engaging it. I'm going to keep trying to create a safe space where this person will feel like they can share these ways that I've wronged with, you know, with them. And you're in this weird place now because you heard it secondhand. Um, and you know, you're trying to get to those places without, you know, betraying trust of somebody that told you this to try to fix it. But that person, you know, in, in, in cases like that person's also trying to engage, um, they have other individual to, to talk, share it as well. That's healthy conflict. But like, those are things for me that matter, um, and make me feel safe in the relationship, um, and growth, right? Like, I don't want to outgrow you, um, if Mm -hmm. we're in a relationship, 
Um, like, I don't want to get to a place of maturity with Jesus that I now feel like I'm disciple. Like, sure, we all disciple yeah. each other to some extent, but I don't want to feel yeah. like the playing field has changed and I'm now a, not above you, but like, uh, you know, still I mean. moving while um, everybody like, else is on the bench. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't want, like, that's hard for me to manage. I don't know what to do in those situations. Um, and it starts to hurt relationship. Um, and I can shift gears. Like if that's what it's going to be, I can shift gears and, and, and be a discipler. Um, but that's a different type of relationship when we're right. peers um, right. trying to walk together. And that's hard for me to manage as well. But I think those are all things that affect safety for me. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, Hey dude, I know we're, but, we're basically at time and I just wanted to say my final thought is, uh, is for me, this does take a lot of intentionality around my, my natural is to, to try to go alone on things and, and um, in life. Um, and I think that's maybe the same for you, Josh. And if you're listening to this people and that's the same for you, then, uh, recognize that, think about it, pray about it, and then figure out some small ways that you can remind yourself frequently to extend trust and actually be vulnerable to people. Because if that's your natural bent, um, like it tends to be mine, it, it's going to take extra effort to to just start somewhere and to continue starting somewhere with people. Um, but trust matters deeply and relationships matter um, deeply to God and, and how we, how we do this life. So, um, it's worth it. It's, it's always worth putting it out there. Even if you're not sure what's going to happen, like it's worth building trust yeah. with people because then you can do life together and, and we need each other yeah. in this life. It's too hard to, uh, try to run it alone. That's for sure. So that's my, yeah. that's my final thought and hopefully a practical takeaway for those of us who are less, uh, good at being vulnerable naturally. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think too, another, another great takeaway is, you know, you get asked all the time, you know, how are you, um, in the midst yeah. of the answering yeah. that question, instead of just giving that, that, you know, quick answer of oh, I'm, I'm good, I'm great or whatever. Try to take yeah. a moment and be honest. Like, are you feeling yeah. stressed? Are you start there? Are you really good? Or is, is things starting to be hard? Whatever happens to be, you know, share that with, with the people that ask those questions. But we love yeah. you guys. Andrew, I love you. Thanks for, thanks for joining today. You Thanks too, for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.